Well, good morning, everyone. We have such a good turnout today. I'm so glad to see all of you here this morning. Um, as Paris said, um, our pastor of modern worship, Stephanie Reed Meyer, is preaching over in traditional today, and I get to be here with you all. So I'm so excited to see you. Um, my name is Haley Bryant. I am the pastoral intern here, and I I'm not kidding when I say I'm excited to be here. I enjoy worshiping in this space. Whenever I'm not busy, I like to worship here on Sunday morning. I love the atmosphere and being a part of this community. So I'm so thrilled to be here. And also, I got a pretty good draw on a sermon topic. I mean, of all the topics, uh, serve is a pretty great one to get. Um, we were talking in staff meeting this week, and they were like, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good draw. So I am so thrilled to be able to be here this morning. Um, a little bit about me. I am not originally from the Plano area. I am from Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, I grew up in the northwest part that's very rural. And the community in which I grew up is called slap out. That's the real name of it. And it consists of a little gas station, um, service station place, and a whole bunch of farms and ranches that surround it. So um, legend has it that the name slap out comes from this man who worked the station and people would come in and be like, can I have some milk? And they'd be like, oh, I'm slap out of that. And the name just stuck. Um, about six miles from this little gas station is a church called Fairview United Methodist Church. It's literally in the middle of a pasture. This is it with some ice around. Um, nobody knows why it's called Fairview United Methodist Church. Literally no one alive at that church since I've been there knows why that's the name. No town around there is named Fairview, but uh, oh well. So I grew up in this church, and it was such a great place to be. Um, it was a very sweet congregation. So I remember our youth group, which consisted of about five students, including my sister. Um, one time, we went out and hauled a whole bunch of firewood, and we took it to um, this woman who was in our community who didn't have any heat in her home. And it was in January, and it was like really cold out. Um, I remember another time when a man in our congregation had passed away and left a wife and family um, who was obviously struggling at this tragic loss. And so my dad and some other ranchers did what they called a cattle drive. And so you could like donate one of your head of cattle at the livestock auction and the money would go to this family. So there's just all sorts of like creative ways that that community supported one another. So it was such a great place to grow up. Now, if you didn't grow up in that wonderful church setting, maybe you grew up at a place that was just not generous or not supportive or something like that, you may come to the sermon series and like legitimately be asking the question, why church? Why do we participate here? What is it about us that's important for us to um, gather together as the church. And I just want you to know that as a church, it's, we don't always get it right. And so your critiques of that are super valid and your hurt regarding that is super valid as well. So I also think that today our scripture can provide some comfort if we 
come to church asking some of those questions. So we are going to read this morning from the book of 1 Samuel, which is in the Old Testament. And we are going to be in chapter 12, and we will read verses 16 through 25. So hear the word of the Lord this morning. Now, therefore, take your stand and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. It is, not the, is it not the wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that the wickedness that you have done in the sight of the Lord is great in demanding a king for yourself. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared, feared the Lord and Samuel. All the people said to Samuel, pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we may not die. For we had added all of our sins and evil and demanding a king for ourselves. And Samuel said to the people, do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after useless things that cannot profit or save. They are useless. For the Lord will not cast away his people for his great namesake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, for me, far be it that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king." The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, we jumped in the middle of a story there, so if you're a little confused, fair. Um, this scripture is from a man named Samuel, and Samuel had this really cool call experience where God called him into ministry. So you may remember he was a little boy who was living at the temple because his parents had dedicated him and he was living there. And in the middle of the night, he heard a voice and he got up and he ran and said to the priest, Eli, um, you called me. And this happened back and forth a few times um, until Eli is like, wakes up from his grogginess eventually. And is like, oh, that's God calling you. Just say, hey, God, what do you want? So Samuel does and God calls Samuel into a life of ministry. So Samuel does really well. He's a faithful servant to God, to the people. He is a prophet, and he tells the people the messages of God for years. And then he is getting up in years, and he has two sons. And he appoints his two sons to, to kind of like succeed him. And his two sons, first of all, that's not how that's supposed to work. You're not supposed to appoint your sons. God's supposed to call you. So his two sons are not the greatest guys, and they're not doing a great job. And so the people get upset, and they're like, um, okay, Samuel, this isn't going to work. We need a king. One, your sons suck. Two, um, we want somebody to lead us into battle. And all these other nations have a king, and we want a king. And Samuel is mad, like he's real mad in chapter 8, if you go read. And he's like, all these bad things are going to happen to you, and you're going to be enslaved, and the king's going to take all your money, and it's going to be super terrible. Um, you know, his position is being threatened at this point. So I think maybe this reactionary spirit is 
a good caution to the people like, hey, having a king is hard and there's a lot of bad that can come. And also, <laughs> they're kind of like coming up on his authority and his son's authority who he wants to take his place. So there's a lot of things happening here. And God talks to Samuel and he's like, okay, go ahead and appoint a king. I'm going to show you this guy. He's really tall. I don't know why you need a king to be tall, but this guy's really tall um, and he's handsome. Um, and his dad has lots of donkeys. So he needs to be king, obviously. And so his name is Saul. So um, David goes and appoints King Saul to be the new king. So this is a king that God has chosen. And immediately after this, we come to chapter 12 that we just read today. And Samuel is kind of doing this farewell address because this new king has been appointed. Samuel isn't going to like totally go away from the scripture. He's going to stick around and it's gonna, we're going to see like how contentious it is to have both Samuel and this king try to work together and listen to God and it's going to be messy. But Samuel is kind of giving this farewell address to the people in which he, in, that we just read. And he says all this beautiful thing, all these beautiful things about service. So obviously the Israelites have a lot of change happening, a lot of change that's scary. Um, who is going to be in charge? Is the king in charge of sacrifices? How does that work? What's, what is it that's going to happen? Who makes decisions about battle? But in this scripture, in this speech from Samuel, Samuel has some really good news. He's like, hey, um, you guys messed up. <laughs> We, as Israelite people, have messed up a lot of times, but we are redeemable. Our God says that our nation is redeemable, and there's just some things that we need to do to listen to God, and we can stay united through this tumultuous time of change. So there are four things that Samuel says they must do in the scripture. So they must fear the Lord, they must serve and worship God, obey God's voice, and do not rebel against the commandments of God. Overall, Samuel is saying, um, I need your lives to be oriented towards God, where the focus is on God. That is how we survive this change as an Israelite people. We are a people of one God, and when we focus on that one God, we will come through this. I love that one of the instructions is to serve God. One of the instructions, I think, is to serve each other in service to God. It's so cool that our church is a place that gathers people all together and we get to connect to one another and have fellowship, but our main call is to serve those around us. This summer, while working in youth ministry, um, I've been at the church like a year this week. So I have been working um, in youth ministry primarily. And one of the things that we do every summer, you know, if you guys have been around here for a little while, is APA, our summer mission trip for high school students. So each year we will go to a different community. And oh, this is our neighbor, Miss Chris. You can see her in the back. Um, I have permission to have pictures of all these people in the picture, so you know. Um, so, Miss Chris 
lives here in Plano because this year for APA, we couldn't go out of town just with all of our COVID risk. So we got to serve somebody in our own community of Plano and we rebuilt her deck. It's way more accessible for her now. And then also in, later in the summer, then our middle school students went back and painted her house. So now it is a very bright green and she loves it. So it's so cool that we get to serve our community in these ways. But my favorite part about APA is that it's been happening for so many years. It's been happening for almost 40 years because people here are committed to its legacy. I only got to participate in APA this year for the first time because of all the people who came before me who are committed to serving God and to teaching our students how to serve God. It's so cool. Just this morning, um, out in the atrium, our church participated in packing food packets. Um, I don't know, were some of you guys there? Raise your hand if you packed food packets this morning. Nice, very good. So those packs are for Send Hope, and they, the stuff that goes inside of them are specially formulated for the group of people that they will be serving in Honduras. And um, it has all the nutritional needs so that kids who receive this food can grow up without any malnourishment defects. Our church gets to do some really cool things all together. In a little bit, we're going to see a Serving Others video where you'll hear all about the service projects that our church does. Um, I know specifically they're looking for some teachers if you, so who, to um, tutor students who might need it. If that's something that you feel called to, I encourage you to reach out. Of course, these are not the only thing our church participates in. Um, I know all of you do a lot of service that I don't even know about. So I want to thank you for the ways that you serve our church and that you serve our in our community and outside of our community. I think that serving is something that's obviously vitally important to us. Um, John Wesley, who Pastor Stephanie calls the unintentional founder of the Methodist faith, um, whenever he was in Oxford in college, then they formed a holy club, and people made fun of them by calling them Methodist because they did everything the same way over and over, but the name stuck, maybe kind of like slap out, I don't know. But they had this methodical way that they did study and devotion. They were bound, they were a covenant group who met together but one of the main things that they did is they visited prisoners and they cared for the poor and they cared for orphans and they cared for the sick. They emphasized both personal holiness and social holiness. So why church? We serve within the church because it's who we've always been. It's who we are and it's the thing that will sustain us for the future. Will you pray with me? God of all good gifts, thank you for the way that we get to participate in what we're, you are doing through the, in the world through service. We pray that you would guide us and equip us for the good work that you've called us to. We pray for those who are in need, who face food insecurities, who face tumultuous work situations, home situations, 
in school situations. We pray that you would guide them through changing times. We pray for those in our community with health concerns that are spoken and unspoken. We lift all those concerns up to you and place them in your care. And will all the people join us in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.